Chapter 7 of The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis. Chapter 7 Nancy Clover, failing to captivate General Armington, becomes revengeful. Sister Nancy Clover is a deep maiden lady, who speaks seldom unless she sees a sure chance to make an impression in her own behalf. General Washington Armington is the idol of her soul, and although the general is not a marrying man, being a widower of nearly fifty summers, she has had a hope of capturing him without much trouble. The general has always treated her with more than ordinary respect, probably on account of her zeal in the work of Christianity. But he himself was no hypocrite, but a sincere believer in and follower of orthodox religious creeds. General Armington was a liberal orthodox saint, who looked upon every religious sect with charity, love and respect. In fact, it made little or no difference to him whether a man was a Presbyterian, Methodist or Catholic. So long as he had faith in Jesus Christ and led a good moral life, he esteemed such a one as his brother. Nancy Clover understood the views of the general thoroughly, and, as she was very conceited and delighted in controlling everyone, thought that it would be an easy task to bring him to terms after a seasonable time had passed after the death of his wife. But Nancy found that she was shamefully mistaken. Therefore her love of power was aroused to its highest bend and she determined to conquer or die. She meditated as follows. I have done everything in my power for the last two years to get General Armington to propose to me. I have courted the society of his hateful daughter Lucinda, I have endeavored to make him jealous of others, after he paid me more than ordinary attentions, but all failed to cause the least impression on his mind. Now I see but one effectual way of bringing him to my feet. I must cause the ruination of his daughter's reputation, and whilst I will link her fall with this innovator, Victor Juno, I will kill two birds with one stone, by causing a widespread prejudice amongst the saints of all denominations against both of them, and at the same time I will prove the most sympathetic bosom friend of both the general and his despicable daughter. This may seem to be serving God and Satan, but as long as the elect cannot sin, and as long as I can wheedle the entire brotherhood, I am safe. Truly, my unsuspicious and innocent general, I'll turn your head around this way, and you shall see the hypocrisy of others, whilst you will be hated and suspected by many saints, who, however, for your money and position's sake, will do you homage. Yet I will prove to be your only reliable friend. And when your family troubles bow your head, and those in whom you most trusted have proved false to your knowledge, I still will show my fidelity to yourself and daughter. But beware when the tigress once has the opportunity to close her teeth upon her prey, how she will make the huntsman who fails to respect her life howl. At this moment someone gently knocked at the door, and on opening it one of the servants announced that Reverend Joe Peer was in the parlour desiring to see her. "'What does he want?' asked Nancy. "'I cannot say, my lady,' responded the servant. "'Tell him I'll be there in a few moments,' said Nancy, and murmured to herself, 
That stupid mushhead is continually boring me. I wish Satan had him, the poor lovesick fool. If ever anything can disgust one, it is to have a saphead like Joe Peer trotting after one, for whom one has neither love, fear, nor respect. Well, well, he may be of some valuable service to me, and I shall take advantage of this visit and use him to accomplish my purposes, if it kills him. The silly dunce seems to be happy when I give him one kind look. But, after all, I pity him, because he loves me as I have loved General Washington Armington. But, do to him what I would, he could never have enough wit, courage and spirit to revenge himself on me. Thus we are alike in loving what we cannot get, but unlike in revenging our wrongs. I will conquer or revenge myself, whilst poor Joe will fail to conquer me, and, instead of revenging himself on me, undoubtedly will conclude, parson and hypocrite-like, that it was the will of the Lord. After all, I despise these mush-and-milk saints, who possess neither manliness nor valour. But I must go to Cozy and smile around my dupe, he may become tired waiting." Sister Nancy Clover now entered her parlour, where the Reverend Joe Peer meditated over the future, when he should possess this richly adorned establishment with the jewel of a woman as its presiding genius. "'Good morning, Brother Peer. You are an early disciple of the Lord. I hope I have not kept you waiting. I was just completing my devotions and heavenly meditations when the servant informed me of your presence,' said Nancy Clover. "'My dear sister, you have always been a pattern of sainthood, and I often think what a glorious world this would be if we had more sisters like your noble self,' responded the Reverend Joe Peer. "'Thanks, Brother Peer, for the compliment. But I assure you, that I always seek to do my duty as an humble follower of the lowly Redeemer," ejaculated the influential and revengeful Nancy Clover. By the way of changing our conversation, may I ask, what is your opinion of General Washington Armington, as regards the fancy he has taken to Victor Juno? Do you not fear that the General will be carried away from the faithful if that innovator is allowed to get well and continue to hold converse with the generous and unsuspecting general?" said Joe Peer. "'Indeed, Brother Peer, my peace of mind has been much exercised about this matter, and I fear and tremble when I think of the abyss over which our beloved and truly pious general is inclining. We must exhort all the religious denominations to unite in carrying out some of my plans which I shall ask you to weave into your sermons, as well as go amongst the members personally and exhort them of the danger that is brooding," said Nancy Clover, with a double meaning. "'Oh, angel sister, you do me so much good by your deep and holy thoughts. Will you please give me your plans of operation?' responded Joe Peer. "'Certainly, with pleasure, dear brother. But listen, someone is ringing the bell.' said Nancy Clover when a messenger arrived from General Armington. End of chapter 7